Hey, Em. Hey, Meg. So have you ever done ministry and thought, man, I am way too young to do this? Or maybe you've been told that. Yes. Have like, you ever – oh, sorry. Right now. Like right now. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever died from ministry? Not really died, but like almost died because you were sick. But you didn't. And then you just kept doing ministry anyway. <laughs> Uh, maybe in my mind. <laughs> Do you know what those two things have in common? Tell me. Our podcast. <laughs> We're going to be talking about those people that was lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just listen to the podcast. Though. Just listen to the podcast. Right, Bogey Bear? Bogey says listen. Okay, we'll see you guys um, in our podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Talk Bible to Me podcast. Every Thursday, you can expect an exegetical approach to scripture as you are led verse by verse through the Bible. You can find all episodes of the Talk Bible to Me podcast for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This week, join us as we teach you Philippians 2, 19 through 30. It's going to be like God sent it to you. (laughs) Do you get it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Because Paul sent... Okay. Oh, it's cute. It's not cute because nobody's going to get it. (laughs) Hey, bold ones, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Talk Bible to Me podcast, where we work together through a book of the Bible verse by verse. This season, we're studying the famous prison epistle, Philippians, just like Emily said. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, and we are going to be working through Philippians 2, 19 through 30. If you're new here, welcome to our show. We're so glad you found us. If you are a comebacker, a backer comer, a comeback <laughs> Inventing kid, new words again. <laughs> I am. If you are a comeback kid, we're so happy you're here. And if you like our show, you can help us by sponsoring through our Patreon page. Check that out at patreon.com forward slash the bold movement. This podcast is also an extension of the Bold Movement, and we are a women's ministry that trains women to understand their Bibles and then go out and train other women to understand their Bibles. Oh, snap. And we're going to help you do that with things like this podcast. And let me tell you how it works. We're going to go through verse by verse, stop after a verse or two, and we're going to explain what's going on with the cultural background, with the um, significance and how we can apply significance of what's being said and how to apply it today. And we're going to do that by using extra biblical resources. We'll name those resources so that you can study your Bible as well with those resources. Did I say resources enough, Emily? (laughs) Perfectly. Perfectly. Perfect. (laughs) Today we're going to be reading from the English Standard Version, often referred to as the ESV. So let's get started. We're going to start with verses 19 through 20. And it says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I, I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Okay, Emily, one of the things I want to do very quickly, um, in case you're new to the podcast, if you haven't yet, go back and listen to the first couple of episodes starting at Philippians 1.1. Actually, go back to the intro where we introduce what's happening. uh, Sorry, introduction. Not That's kind of the same thing. What's (laughs) going on in Philippi, why this is being written and all that great stuff. Um, 
the I here is Paul. So Paul is talking to the church in Philippi. And I think it's really important for us to understand who he's talking about here. So let's break down who this Timothy guy is real quick. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Okay, cool. So, oh, Timmy, Timmy boy, Tim Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I am in rare form. Timothy. His father was a Greek and his mother was a Jew. So he kind of came from the best of both worlds. And to be a Jew, um, you only have to be, your mother has to be Jewish. That's what makes you Jewish. Did you know that? No, I didn't actually. So if your father's Jewish and your mother's not, then you're not a Jew. Your mother has to be Jewish. Really? Even in a man's world. (laughs) (laughs) That was lame. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. There's something that I I really love about Timothy's story, though, because um, Paul writes a letter to Timothy, um, actually two letters. uh, And the second letter, he talks about Timothy's mother and his grandmother and how they raised him in the faith, which... As a mom, I feel like that's so cool because um, Timothy becomes this really key leader uh, mm-hmm. in a huge part because of his mom and his grandma. Like, how yeah. cute is that? What were their names? Eunice and Lois. So <gasps> Eunice was his mother. And Lois Lane? Lois Lane was his grandmama. Well, how about Lois of Lystra? Which brings us to our next bullet point. <laughs> Old Timmy is from Lystra and probably joined Paul during Paul's first missionary journey. And he was probably, I don't know, what would you say? Late teens, early twenties, if I had to yeah. guess. He would just be young. Yeah. But, and that's crazy because, um, you in that culture, you do not speak in public until you're in your thirties. Because you did not know that. Yeah. You, you couldn't, you didn't really have like the respect that you needed for people to listen. So oh, you were man. not able to like speak on a public platform until you're in your 30s, which is cool. So I turn 30 next month. Does that mean I, I'm almost there? You are officially able to voice your opinion <laughs> in the public forum and be heard. One more month. <laughs> Technically not allowed yet. <laughs> yes. And here, what's happening in verses 19 and 20 with uh, Timothy Um he is being used as a representative for Paul later on. And we'll get to that. But just keep that in the back of your mind as we're reading about this. And just with that, with him being so young, that's a little shout out to the young leaders because to be a representative that young, pretty What's awesome. up, babies? <laughs> <laughs> you got a place in the kingdom? We'll help you find it. Um, when this, when this letter is being written, remember Paul is in prison and he can't just get up and go visit the church of Philippi and the people there. But, um, he is talking about sending Timothy and eventually he wants to come to, which we'll get into later. He wants to hear the good things going on about him. And Timothy would go to Philippi. He'd figure out what's going on, how he can, um, just, you know, visit with them and then bring the message back to Paul. So he would know what was up. You will notice, Emily, in verse 20, it says, for I have no one like him. Mm -hmm. Now, this time, Paul probably has a few uh, travelers with him. And that I don't think that means um, that there aren't other mature Christians or that there's not people who, as we're going to learn later on in this uh, passage of scripture, that care for the Church of Philippi or that care for people. Right. I think what they mean here is he is just so far beyond people who are with Paul, that he's just this outstanding person. And it's really just a compliment to be like, he's the best of the best that I got. 
and there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, and it says, oh, is that in this verse or is it later on? Let me look. Yeah, in verse 20, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for mm. your welfare. Um, Timothy loves people. And I just want to talk about this for a second, okay? Yeah. And I want you to voice your opinion here. Um, I have noticed there is, it's almost like a fad or a trend and it's popular to hate people, um, Mm -hmm. or to want to avoid people. And I've seen it all over like social media where people were like, oh, I hate people. I just want to be at home by myself or, oh, people are so dumb and I hate them. Yeah. It's, it's, and Christians, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm saying it. Christians say it too. Yeah. And literally God told us to do two things, (laughs) which is love him and then love people. So, uh, you guys who are hating people, which I'm guilty of, I've said it before. Um, that's a failing grade. 50% is fail in a Pasco (laughs) world. Okay. If you're only loving one of the two, that's 50%. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and I, I think it's beautiful here because Paul is acknowledging Timothy loves you guys. He cares about your welfare and I'm sending Mm -hmm. him to you because there's, he's unrivaled in who Mm -hmm. he is as a Christian. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I just posted on my Instagram something today too. Um, it was how to tell if someone is spiritually mature and it says, do they love God? Do they love their neighbor? And do you mind if I ask your neighbor? And it was like, Oh man, like how, Oh, that just strikes you right to the heart. Because if you're asking the people around you, are they, are you really loving these people? They're going to give you a solid answer. That Mm. should kind of convict your heart. Like, am I really loving people? Would my neighbor actually say that I'm actually loving them? Maybe. No, that's good. We might need to make a t-shirt that says that. Yeah. Oh, it was like, (laughs) oh, I almost didn't want to repost it because I was like, man, that's super convicting. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. But I'm um let this be your kick in the hiney to stop hating, <laughs> start loving. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like, oh, but it's just a saying. It just means I'm annoyed with people. I'm an introvert. God did not say this is one of the like my pet peeves is when people try to get out of things because of their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God never said love people if you're an extrovert mm-hmm. or go out and tell the gospel if you're an extrovert. Right. He told all Christians to do it. Yep. So the same way he didn't say um, spend quiet time with me or, you know, pray or whatever our spiritual disciplines are if you're an introvert. Like, yep. Extroverts have to do that too. So. I mean, look at Moses. He tried to give all kinds of excuses why mm-hmm. he was not able to go and lead the way God called him to like oh I'm basically saying I'm too introverted for this nope couldn't get away with it he was get still out called. there I'll send you an extrovert no. <laughs> <laughs> all right verse 21 for they all seek their own interests not those of Jesus Christ so my question Emily is what are the interests of Christ and how is that different than their interests and who is their mm. Let's define these mm-hmm. pronouns. I mean, who is there? I would imagine it it kind of takes us back to the earlier episodes where we talk about the verses before where there were people seeking selfish ambition. They were hating on Paul really to get ahead. Mm-hmm. It's probably yeah. the same people. Maybe. You know, when I first read it, I don't know. 
I probably should have looked that up before I asked it. <laughs> because it comes right after I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. But again, we are right in the middle of a passage and, and we can't take things out of context. So let's keep mm -hmm. it in context. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, what is the interest of Christ? It's to enhance and expand the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And we say that a lot, but what does that actually mean? Um, I always tell like church leaders when they ask my opinion. I don't just offer it <laughs> all the time. Sometimes I offer it when I get really, uh, when Sometimes I really want to love someone. <laughs> when I want to love you so tight. <laughs> just squeeze your little neck because I love you so much. <laughs> squeeze um, a little hard. <laughs> are you trying to grow your church mm. or are you trying to grow the kingdom? Mm. Because... Although the church is part of the kingdom, those are not always mm -hmm. the same thing in our hearts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so when I'm saying Christ's interest was to enhance and expand the kingdom, it's training disciples, spiritual, spiritually maturing as a Christian. That's enhancing the kingdom, finding mm -hmm. your role and your purpose. I genuinely believe that God has called every single Christian to do ministry. Absolutely. That doesn't mean you stand behind a pulpit though. Yep. Because oh, there's so many different ways to serve. So many ways yeah. to serve, but everybody is called to ministry. Everybody is called to do the great commission. There is a role for you in this kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we do here at the Bold Movement is we help women find what their role is. What, what did, how do I use my gifts, my abilities and my passions to serve the kingdom? That's enhancing it. Expanding it is inviting others to hear the gospel message, inviting them to accept Christ as Savior, and allowing the Holy Spirit to take that message from their head to their heart. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's yep. that simple. Discipleship. Yeah. And those are the interests of Christ. Yep. So, um, in my Bible background commentary that I'm kind of obsessed with right now, <laughs> um, they uh, quoted something here, and I thought it was kind of interesting. So, I'm going to read it to you. Both Greek philosophers and Old Testament prophets complained about the scarcity of those fully devoted to the cause. Okay. That's interesting, I think, because that's a mm -hmm. huge complaint for me. Yeah. And well, not just me, a huge complaint for Christians right now is um, how few people are fully devoted to Christianity, yes. are sold out to doing ministry. I mean, are, you know, we're not creating preachers quick enough as churches are growing. It's crazy. Yeah. Paul offers many letters or passages of recommendation, a common ancient form of writing. But he places Timothy, his special emissary, in a category by himself, offering the highest commendation. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. So mm -hmm. um, everyone's – whenever Paul's writing this letter, typically that reflects the uh, complaints about not having enough people devoted to this cause. Mm -hmm. And Paul's taking that and saying, but I got Timmy. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And, like, after he spent so much time talking about – like humility and humble obedience and all of these traits that he wants these people to have. And then he's basically going on to say like, hey, here's a guy that's doing exactly all of those things. I'm going to send him to you because he's awesome. And then you're going to send him back so that I can see how you're doing. Like he sets the standard. He sets the bar. Mm, yes. Okay. Um, are you ready for verse 22? Yep. Ready for it. 
But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. Okay, listen, this is really important uh, culturally, Mm -hmm. and I am not going to be able to explain this because I don't understand it well enough. Mm -hmm. So I know my limits, but I do know that there is significance here. And so what I'm going to do is read to you guys this very long explanation, but I think that we need it to fully grasp the weight of what verse 22 is saying. Yeah. Have you read through it? Yes. And it's interesting because it's actually the same thing I was going to look up because of the cultural context. So it's important. So go ahead and read it. Well, the first thing I'm going to say, and this is not a quote, this is from my brain. (laughs) Well, this is from me researching and my brain forming words. (laughs) (laughs) from your brain yeah it's kind of halfway from my brain (laughs) messengers were sent as personal reps for the one who was sending them Mm -hmm. and it was expected that they would be met with the same respect as Mm. the sender yeah so when paul is sending timothy that was actually pretty common especially since they didn't have traveling accommodations the way that we do today um because he's going in his place just like we had talked about how this letter Mm -hmm. was uh in place of paul Timothy would have been ex- uh, met with the same kind of respect that they would right. have had for Paul. Which As I if he really was Paul himself, yeah. And Paul's kind of a big deal, guys. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. But. <laughs> um, okay, let me explain this by reading someone else's words. <laughs> Here we go. Paul reminds the Philippians that they know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work for the gospel. That's from verse 22, Okay. The analogy is a lovely one. I love how, is this Carson? I love how he's like, yes. oh, it's a lovely analogy. Yep. <laughs> in is the Carson ancient, Huh? Is Carson British? No, I don't think so. It sounds like well, it, doesn't it? It'd be better in a British accent. We'll Google it. <laughs> lovely. Should I speak Go ahead. British anyway. accent? <laughs> the analogy is a lovely one. That was terrible. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> In the ancient world, before the Industrial Revolution, most sons ended up doing vocationally what their fathers did. If your father was a farmer, the chances were very high that you would become a farmer. If your father was a a baker, not a banker, (laughs) most likely you would become a baker. And your primary apprenticeship was to your father. It was your dad who taught you the tricks of the trade, who gradually taught you all he knew and step-by-step increased your load of knowledge responsibility. Before I go on, I want you to picture this is how the ancient world views fathers. And I think that helps us put into perspective mm. when God calls himself a father to mm-hmm. us as well. Okay. Yeah. Both father and teacher. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Okay. The image is less forceful for us today, not only because most of our children will not follow the vocational path we have followed. But because most of our children do not really see us at work. In the ancient world, children observe their parents working and learn the trade by working alongside them. But my children do not accompany me to the seminary where I teach. Only rarely do they accompany me where I go somewhere to preach. They cannot share with me endless hours in the library or in my study. Unless it takes place at the dinner table, they cannot listen in on the counsel I am expected to give to many who come to see me. So... Even if one of my children were to end up in vocational ministry, not much of their training would be grounded in working beside me. And so it is for most of us today. But Paul's analogy is based on the 
kingship model. Timothy has learned his Christianity and his first steps in Christian ministry from Paul, as a son learns from his father. Timothy was privileged to have Paul as a spiritual father, his mentor. In that context, he has been tested. He has proved himself, Paul writes. So Paul is entirely at ease about sending him. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. Timothy will serve as a kind of forerunner to Paul, who hopes to come along shortly himself. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon, which he said in 24. And that was from D.A. Carson. Mm. What a picture. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's so important. And and I think that's one of those things that's lost on culture. So yeah. I love that we have tools mm-hmm. that help us learn. Okay, so he's he's um he's saying he's proven his worth. Well, what does that even mean? How as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, okay, some preachers and their sons are both preachers. I get that a little bit, but not to the extent that we right. miss because of that cultural Right. Because it's not so much that day-to-day, like, constantly with each other. Right. Um, Something else that that I really pull from this, probably the most modern example we can find in this is mentorship. Mm -hmm. Because that's – biblical mentorship um, is where you really do life together. It's not just, like, just sit down and go to coffee and talk about life. Like, no, you you deal with things together. You work through things. You pray through things. Um, and I actually, I did, so for the, for the blog for this one, I'm going to talk a little bit about mentorship because I think that Paul and Timothy are like the prime example of a mentor relationship. Love it. So I did a poll on my Instagram a few days ago. Hold Um, on, before you go any further, Emily, where can they find that blog? Oh, on the Bold Movement, the podcast page. Yeah. Go to resources. On the website where you listen to this podcast, the blog is attached to this podcast, suckas. (laughs) So there you have it. (laughs) There it is. Okay, go on. Okay, yeah. So I did an Instagram poll to see how many people had a mentor and how many people were mentoring others. Mm. And over 60% did not have a mentor and are not mentoring. But here's the really interesting thing is those that did have a mentor, almost the exact same people were also mentoring somebody else. And so there was like this direct correlation of showing that mentorship begets mentorship. So those that are being mentored are most likely to mentor. And now that that word sounds really weird in my head because I've said it so many times. But uh, I think when you look at mentorship, though, that spiritual parent relationship has such a huge effect on spreading the gospel because we see that in Paul and Timothy's relationship. Timothy ended up being a key leader in spreading the gospel and um, leading churches because of mm-hmm. Paul's influence on his life and the way that it was culturally that constant companionship do anything for you teach you everything I'm doing all the tricks of the trade um that's what they're talking about with mentorship absolutely I love that um I love that you brought up the mentor um aspect of this um mm-hmm. I think that's something that's very lacking Yes. In our society. So if you are a Christian woman, it's time to go mm-hmm. get someone and mentor. Yep. And, and don't tell me you're not qualified because oh, there's yeah. way too much out there to help you. That was one of the main reasons why women said they didn't is because they didn't either they didn't feel qualified or they were not approached by somebody else. Hmm. So I think you go approach someone. Yep. And if you're a Christian, you read your Bible, you're fine. Now go. <laughs> 
might be a little more to that, but you know, we'll figure it out. God will give you the words. If That's you're, right. If you're intentional. I mean, look at Moses. Man couldn't even talk. And God was like, <laughs> I got you. We've used him as a lot of examples today. All right. Verse 23 and 24. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. For some reason, when I just read that, I read Volcardio. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> he just worked out before this I, podcast. Oh, I did. And let me tell you, this is a chore. <laughs> Noodle I love, legs. I love, I love it. I love the way I feel after, but hot dang. Okay. <laughs> I myself will come also. Verse 23. Uh, news. I think, yeah, this is from the um, background Bible commentary for 23 and 24. Um, And again, this is just giving us background context on the culture, what's going on, so we can better understand this. Verse 23, news was difficult to send because it had to be carried by a messenger. Sometimes a dangerous undertaking given travel conditions at various times of the year. Paul, therefore, wants to wait until he can give a full report of the outcome of his trial. So, that way it's not risking your life to travel mm-hmm. Yeah, if we don't even know what's going on. And then in verse 24, and remember, he's on trial because he's in prison. Verse 24, letters were used as surrogates for one's presence, but also often announced one's coming. So remember last week we talked about how letters can be used in place of a person's presence. Mm-hmm. Still had the same weight. But it's also, they use these letters to announce when they were coming. Mm. So that way they could, I mean, you can't give a phone call. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I'm on my way. Yeah. Here I come. Awesome. I had a um, another thing to read from the New American Commentary. Um, and it says Ooh. that Timothy replaced Paul, who desired to come when he could. So in sending Timothy, Paul sent the best he had, an extension of himself, and a costly gift to them. After all, they had sacrificed for him as well. And that's um, that's actually another cultural reference because um, gifts are extremely important, especially in the Middle East. Um, mm. It's like you can't deny a gift. Like I feel like in America, we feel really awkward about getting gifts. Uh, but for them, that's like just part of the culture. That's what you do. You give a gift. Like it's probably similar to like when you go to somebody's house and you bring a hostess gift, which we still don't really do that very often anyway. But <laughs> I they was like, oh, we're supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's culturally what would what would make sense. But no, we don't we don't find importance in that. But they definitely did. And so by Paul sending Timothy, it really was a gift to them to send his very best, like the very best that he could send was a gift Mm. to tell them I'm coming and here's Timothy. (laughs) And here's Timmy (laughs) Tintin. I just, I'm like stuck on that. Okay, guys, this has been great. We're going to take a quick break and here is um, a word from our sponsors. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a message from our sponsors. We are able to continue podcast episodes like this because of our Patreon supporters, Jerry Lewis, Kelsey Graff, Soyon Barber, Julia Carter, Amy Mathis, Jill Walters, and Dave Hansel. If you like what you hear, would you consider becoming a partner of The Bold Movement? Our plans range from $5 a month to $50 a month with exciting incentives for growing Christian women. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash The Bold Movement. Now, back to the show. Hey guys, and welcome back. If you want to hear your name read, you can go ahead and head on over to the patreon.com forward slash the bold movement. There are so many cool incentives, such as 
hopping on our podcast and helping us explain verses of the Bible. We'll help you prepare. Don't sweat it. If you don't want to, that's okay. We would still love to have your donations. <laughs> Who be a second host? We would third still, host. Yeah, third. We would love it um, because this is how we fund our ministries through donations and very generous gifts from wonderful people like yourselves. If you're like, I can't commit to a monthly gift, that's okay. We have a place you can give one time on our website. We're not going to be mad about it. We might even say, no thank you, card. No yeah, we won't here. judge you because a lot of people don't give, and it would be nice if you did. <laughs> <laughs> it helps us keep doing this, though, for real. It does. It helps the. It helps us get the word of God out there because it funds things. Um, that need to be funded. So there we go. Okay. <laughs> Enough of us begging you for oh. your money. Should we jump back into 25 and 26? Go for it, sister. All right. It says, I have thought it necessary to send to you, ep- all right, Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Good Epaphroditus, job. My brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because he, you heard that he was ill. Now listen, Epaphroditus was from Philippi. So the Philippians sent Epaphroditus, which we're going to learn about. I don't know. Uh, I think that's in the next verse. I'm getting my verses confused. (laughs) Uh, I think it's later. Anyway, the Philippians, let me explain what's going on. The Philippians sent Epaphroditus with money to Paul to fulfill a need. And Paul's like, Epaphroditus did his duty. I'm sending them back, but some crazy stuff happened. And before we get there, it looks like Emily wants to say something. M? <laughs> I love that you're reading through my notes. Um, so, <laughs> yes, he uh, – kind of a neat thing. So he was local to Philippi, but he also had a pagan name that had the meaning belonging to Aphrodite. That's literally what Epaphroditus means. So his, his name alone, though, is a testimony because – um, clearly, he came from pagan backgrounds for his parents to name him this, uh, but now he belongs to Christ, and he's serving him wholeheartedly, as you'll see when we give you a little more info about good old Pappy. Yes, you are about to see some craziness. Remember what we said at the beginning of the podcast? No, don't worry. Don't go back there. We'll tell you. <laughs> don't sweat it. Um, Carson says he refers to Epaphroditus in the most collegial manner. And yes, I Googled that word, collegial. Okay, what does it mean? I have no idea. Collegial means like, um, oh crap, I don't remember. Let me Google <laughs> it again. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's definitely in context. Relating to or involving shared responsibility as among a group of colleagues. Okay. All right. I was so, thinking maybe something about college, but you know. Well, it is sense. like a collegiate. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's another term for collegiate. So that okay. absolutely makes sense. Collegial. And in America, we have tons of words that mean multiple things. So you were definitely on the right track. Cool. Um, so I think it's important to note that Epaphroditus, it says my brother, which again, we have those family mm-hmm. um, terms being used here. It's a fellow worker, which could also be called like a co-worker mm-hmm. and a fellow soldier or a co-soldier. And again, there's that military mm-hmm. terminology because remember who the group in Philippi oh, is. Military terms. Yeah. Well, it's a retired group of military folks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, let's 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 speak their language in your messenger and minister to my needs. So there it is. Okay. I'm not completely off. Yeah. He brought Mula to get old Pablo. 
anyway, um, <laughs> that's a big deal for Paul to be like, he is working with me. We are co-working mm-hmm. here. It's yeah. not just me telling him what to do. Like, he is part of it. Yes. Um, and he brought Paul help financially, as I stated before. Um, and now it's time for him to go back. He was sick. And we're going to learn how, like, terrible that was in just a second. But what I want to tell you guys is there are seasons of life. <laughs> And I, people say this all the time and I'm always like, oh, I've heard this a million times, but literally read Ecclesiastes, right? There's a time to mourn and a time Mm -hmm. to dance. There's a time for everything. And so there was a time for Epaphroditus to serve with Paul. And now there is time for him to go home. Yeah. One more thing I want to say, Em, and then I'll let you say something. Do you notice that he is not upset or anxious because he's sick but he is anxious and distressed because he doesn't want his church family in philippi to worry about him Hmm. did you see that (laughs) yes how many of us actually feel that way i don't when when you're sick you're not thinking (laughs) of other people (laughs) i put in my notes i want to be more like epaphroditus (laughs) (laughs) no like what most people, when they're sick, just want everyone to wait on them hand and foot. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about other people's needs. Yeah. I'm not. I'm nope. selfish. It's something I'm working <laughs> on, but I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I have health anxiety. That is, like, my one big struggle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, today I was sitting on my back porch. My allergies are acting up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my eyes are dry. I'm losing my sight. Matt's like, my husband, Nye, I think the pollen's just high, dear. Here's some visine. You're going to be fine. <laughs> like, I put the drops in and guess what? One of us was right. <laughs> Do you want to guess who it was? <laughs> I'm going to guess it wasn't the one thinking she was losing her eyesight. <laughs> it was the one with the deeper voice. Let's go with that. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, I would – he's more concerned. Like, don't worry about me. I'm okay now. Yeah. Shh. Absolutely not. And even if I was okay, Emily, I would milk that for every <laughs> single – every single loving yep. thing I could get out of my church family. Like <laughs> – I had a tonsillectomy while being a pastor's wife, and I milked that for two months. Oh, yeah. Meal train. Yes, I did. <laughs> and they were like, honey, are you okay? Oh, I'm still oh, – I cannot so cook for myself. And finally, finally my <laughs> husband's like, she's fine. <laughs> Megan, you look sick. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I look sick? What's wrong? <laughs> horrible cycle what do you mean i look sick are my lips swelling what's going on here oh my gosh i gotta go to the bathroom i gotta look in the mirror make sure i look okay is my collar off you know oh, oh. Gosh. yeah oh i shoot. guess that was god's way of saying knock it off kiddo so yeah but that's what we all do though especially really? my my kids my kids do you do milk that. it like that emily really i you know what i try to but i, I don't get away <laughs> with it because i'm i'm the mama of the whole family and so Typically, oh. when I'm sick, I'm usually like right smack dab in the middle of the rest mm. of my family being sick, and yeah. so I can't really. I try. My husband, yeah. he does. He does a good job of taking care of me, but like. But your mom, there's mama. just a different. I'm a dog mom. If I'm sick, my dog just lays with me. I don't have to oh, do anything. Oh man, it's see great. that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Something really cool though that I found with um, the word distress, the the literal Greek word 
is the same. Well, it literally means to be deeply troubled. Um, and it's the same word that was used for how Jesus felt in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, my gosh. You are so, kidding me. No. So that deep distress, it's the same exact word. So that's how but, troubled he felt that his people were concerned wow. for him. Because Jesus was so distressed. He was sweating blood. blood. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, yeah, medically speaking. That's it's a like real thing. To the, you know, umpteenth mm-hmm. degree. Um, do you know there's a song called Deep Distress? No, I didn't. From deep distress and trouble die. <laughs> it's not at all what I was thinking. I was you thinking more like God a punk rock. <laughs> if you truly <laughs> mark our faults. No. Ladies, this is why we have this podcast for Megan to achieve her musical career. <laughs> You look it up. It's by a group called Sojourn. S O J O U R N. Deep distress. I'm not sure I will after that <laughs> preview. You're right, because they can never sound that good. But try it anyway. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> no, check it out. They're actually really cool. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool little ditty. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Purple. <laughs> um. So one of the descriptive words used for Epaphroditus is liturgos. Liturgos. That's Greek. That's all Greek to so me. So we've got collegial and liturgos. Me and y'all are like, oh my gosh, we should do our Greek jingle. What would you guys think of that? Did you like do our it. Greek jingle? <laughs> we love the Greek jingle. Actually, Emily texted me and she said, that Greek jingle was amazing because it was so cringy. <laughs> That was great. And I went, we're never doing it again. Because anytime someone says cringy, you know it's done. And my sister listened to it. And she said she listened to the first three seconds and turned it off and said, I'm done. So I, if you liked our Greek jingle, can you please just have my back on this? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love the Greek jingle. Oh, yeah. Bring it back. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> so let, my husband didn't like it either. Let's... <laughs> He said, I thought you wanted people to, like, actually believe and respect what you were saying, Megan. So, <laughs> Leotorgas is where we get the word liturgy. And um, that was the descriptive term for Epaphroditus. And liturgy has to do with, like, um, ministry, essentially. Yeah. So it is a well-known – and I'm going to read this because it's a fun fact, too. A well-known label from Greek culture meaning civic official – Hold up, civic official, um, Parks and Recreation. I'm just kidding. So (laughs) he was sent by the Philippians to take care of Paul's needs, right? The root word carries a sense of religious ministering, right? Like liturgy. I just told you guys Mm -hmm. that, which should not surprise us. Oh, she literally wrote that. As we know, the ancient world did not divide church and state as we do today. Now, that's interesting. I didn't Mm, know that. No, I didn't know that either. She says, as Um, we know. I didn't know. Yeah, as we know. As we all know, clearly. Because we're sophisticated and smart. <laughs> we're collegial. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Um, ancient civic authorities supervised pagan festivals and offerings as part of their city duties. And that term was used with Epaphroditus, who you said had a pagan name. Yeah. So full circle. It all comes together. That's it. Um, 
So that was Lynn Kohick. Okay. Who said that? Just in case you wondered. Verse twenty. Well, obviously (laughs) you're supposed to know that. Verses twenty-seven through thirty. Let's finish this sucker up. Alrighty. You want to do it? Yeah, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Okay. Do it. Uh, It says, "Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy." Oh, Epaphroditus, man. Epaphroditus. He was so sick. He was near Near to death. Near to death. That's extreme. That's super extreme. Keep going. That's some intense ministry. All right. But (laughs) God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I love that. I just love that because it's like grace upon grace, (laughs) sorrow upon sorrow. Sorrow He's very poetic. Yeah. He is. Well, he didn't actually write this book. What? Paul didn't write this. Paul did not write Philippians? He dictated it. Aha. Didn't you read chapter four? Yeah. Come on, man. I was, I was, (laughs) it was funny. I was reading chapter four with Dr. Girdwood for Greek and um, he was like, man, Paul loves these long sentences. And I said, well, Paul didn't actually write it. He was like, (laughs) who wrote it, Megan? Because, you know, that's That's like, oh yeah, on this liberal progressive agenda. And I said, well, he dictated it, but this this other guy wrote it. He was like, ah, very good. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, just trying to show off oh, a little bit. Man. It backfired because he made me read the name of Greek and it was uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get. I should make Go me on. read now. All right. No, Verse- no, no. <laughs> Verse 28 says, I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. What you got, Meg? Well, I just got a couple of quotes because I thought that was pretty straightforward. And these guys were like, no, 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 let me break it down. And I was like, well, I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That's Honestly, that's how I felt about this whole section at first. I was like, I don't know what to pull out of this. but And and then I read some smart dudes. And I went, oh, man, Man, I missed that. So much more in here. Which is why I love extra biblical uh, resources because it shows me where I lack. So um, Carson said, in short, emulate those who have proved themselves in hardship, not the untested upstart and the self-preening peacock. (laughs) I think I I I literally pulled that quote because he called it a self-preening peacock. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm going to use that. Okay. That's a great Um, insult. (laughs) That's right. Have have you ever heard um well let's not get into that. Focus Megan. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk later. All right. Gordon Fee in his commentary said, and I'm just quoting because they're the ones who pulled it out, not me. In this case, however, there is no mention of a gift of healing. Now that was intriguing to me, Emily, because it says that God healed him, but it hmm. doesn't it doesn't really talk of it as like oh, a gift yeah. of healing. Yeah. So, Paul's emphasis rests altogether on the mercy of God, evidenced by Epaphroditus' recovery, hmm. which in turn does not so much stress generosity toward the undeserving, although that is always true as well, but the experience of mercy itself. Hmm. So, this is one of those, like, I think, grace versus mercy situations. Mm-hmm. And this is made certain by the final addendum. What a good word. Not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. A clause that once again presupposes his close relationship with his community. 
They know well Paul's affection for them. The concluding plaintiff note simply underscores it. Hmm. Yep. They were all good buddies. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. The gift of healing isn't really mentioned, but it does say that what's it say? How how does it word it? It says God had mercy on him, and not only mm-hmm. on him, but me. Yeah. Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him. Yeah. Um, that was just, I don't know, I found that fascinating. And if you're ever like me, where you mix up mercy and grace, a good way to just remember it, mercy is not giving something somebody deserves, and grace is giving somebody something they don't deserve. Did I do that backwards? No, I think I did that right. Mm. Did I do that backwards? Say it again. Mercy yeah. is not giving something to somebody that they deserve. Right. Give an example. So, uh, oh, not, letting, sorry. not letting him die. That would be an example. Yeah. Not that he deserved to die, but. Okay. So, like, mercy is, like, if you're a convicted of murdering someone yeah. but they don't give you the death penalty right yes mercy that would be mercy. You deserve it. mercy yes and then grace would be if your kid acts up and they deserve to sit in time out but you know they've had a rough day so you give them ice cream instead that's grace giving them something they don't deserve okay so mercy so like- mercy is withholding and grace is giving so, like, salvation. Yeah. It's grace. Yep. I dig it. But also mercy. Yeah. Because okay. you're not given hell when you deserve it. That's fair. <laughs> Touche, my Now friend. see if all your brains are twisted up after that one. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, nah, I'm going to look that I'm up. Not, I'm, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> Those girls are crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, man. Um. And then I had I had one more note on this section. Uh, let's see. It's the part where he says to com- – it's at the very end in verse 30 where Paul says um, he risked his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. And so he's talking to the Philippians and he's saying um, Epaphroditus risked his life to complete what was lacking in the Philippian service um, to Paul. And that translates literally to – to fill up your lacks of service toward me and my um, commentary, I believe this was from my expositor's Bible commentary, um, okay. says this isn't necessarily reprimanding the Philippians so much as reminding them that they had a lack and Epaphroditus was the one to fill it for them. So they needed to honor him. So the fact that they needed reminding to honor this man who almost died for the job that they sent him on um, is just a good reminder to us to give honor to those who work hard in the church and maybe not necessarily almost die for the faith, but who give very sacrificially and um, do the job they've been asked to do. That's right. Honor me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can't. I <laughs> you deserve to be honored, girl. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. And then I had one more quote on verse 
29. So I think I had to go backwards a little bit. But it says uh, from my expositor's Bible commentary again, it says, when a man like Epaphroditus gives of himself for the sake of God's kingdom, many people benefit. Such mm-hmm. a man is worthy of honor and his presence is a cause for rejoicing. So it's referencing, referencing when it says, um, receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Um, so this this man was the one who delivered the very first manuscript of the book that we now get to read called Philippians. So we wouldn't even what? be doing this podcast series if it were not for Epaphroditus. Thanks, Epi. <laughs> it's funny. Epi in Greek means on. Like on. and Like, like know, on top epidermis. of? Yeah, epidermis. Oh, yeah. It's already oh, yeah. on, on the top it's of skin. On? Yeah. yeah. So it's on. So when I said Epi, I was like, oh, like on. It's on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. He yeah. did. Yeah, he would have been. And oh my gosh, what if he was like, oh, look how Paul talked about me. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. That's I know. Yeah, he probably I'd sneak a peek. Wouldn't I would right? for sure. <laughs> yep. But we do. We have lessons from from both of these men. Just this short little section. Like I said, when I first read it, I was like, I don't really know like why this is important to read. But we really do get a lesson. Both men, first of all, taught us. Um, that they thought of others before themselves. So they were very selfless. And yeah. two, they served the Lord and the church sacrificially. Love it. Two characteristics that we all could use in ministry. Which is the entire theme of the beginning of Philippians. Yep. So perfect. Yep. Full circle. Well, Full circle. almost. This is the half circle. Half circle. We're <laughs> <laughs> <Or> almost. <laughs> We are officially halfway through. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, I hope you guys are liking it as much as I am. I'm loving it. Hopefully they are too. Well, ladies, the Bold Movement is a ministry that helps Christian women gain confidence in their biblical literacy, faith, and evangelism through customizable content strategically created to work with our community, support, to enhance and expand the kingdom of God. We'll be back next week, and we hope that you decide to join us. (laughs) This is a quick reminder that you can partner with us through our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the bold movement. Okay, ladies, until next time, go out and be bold.